Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrood. I am your host. And uh, in this episode, we are going to be going over uh, some of the injury news from the last 24 hours, as well as going over all of the um, waiver wire pickups for week two in the NFL for your fantasy teams. I hope you guys uh, teams have done well so far um, in this first week. Uh, looks like I'm going to be going three and two uh, for the week. So we'll, we'll kind of see how, the, uh, how uh, it goes for me the rest of this season. Real, real quick. I mean, watch. I'm, I'm currently wa- recording this while watching the, uh, the, uh, the Titans and the, and the Denver Broncos game. And it's just, it, Stephen Goskowski is painful. That's the only way to put it. Um, having surgery in the uh, surgery this last season, um, just getting signed 11 days, obvious 11 days ago. Obviously, having, uh, not having necessarily. Uh, you know, a whole lot of work to really get uh, going. Um, and he has tonight missed three field goals, actually missed two, had a third one blocked, and then missed an extra point. I mean, it is it has just been downright painful um, to watch. And so uh, hopefully the... Um, Hopefully the, the the Titans will be able to figure it out. I did not realize that they'd only made eight field goals all of last year, and that is, I I, I mean that's that's just crazy. Eight of eighteen, I believe, was what their field goal percentage is. So, or was what their what their total was last year. So, um, hopefully they can get that figured out, um, and then we'll kind of see where it goes where it goes from there. So. All right, so why don't we go ahead? What we're going to do is we're going to start off with the injury news and kind of go through some of that, and then we'll hop right into the waiver wire picks. Since it's week one, there's going to be a lot of waiver wire picks. Um, we will do our best to get through them as quickly as possible. All right, starting off on sleeper, it looks like Texans running back Duke Johnson, who sprained his ankle on the Thursday night football game, is considered week to week, is a long shot to play this week against the Ravens. Source said, however, playing in week three is possible, an indication that it is not a serious injury. Uh, we got official confirmation that uh, Marlon Mack's um, injury was actually a torn Achilles tendon. So, um, hope for the best for him that he's able to uh, um, to get back quickly um, from that and be able to uh, be able to come back next uh, next season. Uh, as part of that, it, uh, Frank Reich actually has officially confirmed that rookie Jonathan Taylor is the team's starting running back, and then Naheem Hines will still very much be involved. Um, I see this becoming kind of a was a, a Ryan Matthews, Danny Woodhead style. Um, of offense 
that uh, Rivers had, what was it, about six, seven years ago. Um, and so this, I think that I think that'll be good for for Rivers as well as for um, the the Colts' uh, offense as well. So, um, Saints star Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle injury in Sunday's win over the Bucks, but it's something he believes he can play through. Um, he does have one extra day uh, for next week. Playing in the Monday night game against the Raiders, nobody is ruling Thomas out. Um, this is just one of those things where you got to be careful with, anyways. Uh, you know, I know ev everyone who drafted Thomas is expecting him to put up a, a lot of points this year, so um, we'll kind of see how this goes. This could affect him a little bit. Um, I do believe that I don't think it'll affect him too much especially against the Raiders defense. <laughs> but um, we'll kind of, uh, again, something to monitor. I think that in the end, Michael Thomas will probably be fine. So um, let's see. Jets coach Adam Gase isn't sure when uh, Le'Veon Bell with his hamstring uh, will be back, but said it could be a couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes um, to go along with that. Um, it looks like one of, one of the, the NFL insiders got off the phone with the, with free agent Devonta Freeman, who said, I'm ready for whatever team needs a vet said he's currently choosing between four teams. Well, if you're choosing between four teams, doesn't that mean that one of those teams actually needs you and needs the veteran experience? I don't know. We'll see where he goes. I mean, there's there's injuries all over with what he, um, you know, the Colt. I don't think the Colts will pick him up. You know, there's rumor. You know, we're, a lot of people looking at the Jets with Le'Veon Bell possibly, you know, possibly being out a little while. So that's that's definitely a, a spot to to look at. Possibly the Jags. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Um, the Browns placed tight end David Njoku on injured reserve with a knee injury. We'll see how long he is out. Uh, injured reserve this year because of because of the 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 COVID um, new COVID rules, I guess you could call them, uh, is is a minimum of three weeks instead of I believe six is what it used to be. So um, he could be he could be back somewhat soon. Um. All right, head coach Anthony Lynn of the Los Angeles Chargers said it's still a priority to get Eckler touches. For those of you who had Austin Eckler, or have Austin Eckler, I am one of those people that has Austin Eckler. You know that yesterday's game was concerning. Let's put it that way. Um... 19 attempts for 84 yards. So yeah, he had a lot of a lot of touches. My my problem is they weren't really using him in the pass game. And that is Austin Eckler's strength. Not running him, ramming him up the gut over and over and over again. That's not what Eckler does. In my opinion, Tyrod Taylor is part of what's pro what the problem is with Austin Eckler. I don't think that Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback that can provide the stability that a guy like Austin Eckler needs in order to perform well. Um, 
and and let me let me let me emphasize that part of that is because Tyrod Taylor is not a very accurate quarterback. Hasn't been. Um, you know, he got benched after what was it like two and a half games when he was with the Browns two years ago, which led the led the the opening for for Baker Mayfield. Tyrod Taylor has has had issues with accuracy, especially over on on medium pass. He's never been very good at passing to the running back in the coming out of the backfield, and so that it's. I just I don't like Eckler's value right now with Tyrod Taylor's quirk. Now, if they choose to go to to Herbert, the uh, the the running back or the uh, the rookie quarterback, kid out of Oregon, Justin Herbert. I think that would be phenomenal for Eckler. I think that he is a guy that probably is a more accurate quarterback. Now he's he's going to struggle, but I think he'll be able to provide more um, more of a passing threat to open things up for Austin Eckler more. So, so that's that's kind of my thoughts there. Um, moving on. The Colts are bringing in three running backs for a try, including Lamar Miller. Um, so that kind of that kind of says that you know the the Devonta Freeman probably isn't going there. Um, it'll be interesting if they actually go with Lamar if they actually pick up Lamar Miller, considering his um, his veteran status. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of Lamar Miller there. I think that that would be more of just a depth piece, to be honest. So. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going through. Oh, George Kittle has a knee sprain. Kyle Shanahan said we'll see how he is on Wednesday as this, um, as the week goes on before knowing his status for Sunday's game. Uh, for those of you who have George Kittle, we do have some options tonight for you to pick up on the waiver wire to just kind of hold on to just in case George Kittle um, in case George Kittle is ruled out for this week so the 49ers also uh, said that uh, Debo Samuel has had a setback uh, they are actually officially sending him to the injured reserve was a little sore after running um, and it got worse not better so uh Steelers running back James Conner went out with an ankle injury tonight. Uh, it was a sprained ankle. The team is, in the words of a source, is optimistic for a timely return. So hopefully he'll be back soon. That is why um, it was Benny Snell got a lot of the work, especially the second half tonight. So um, I believe that is. Oh, and the other one, uh, Philip Lindsay uh, was uh, declared out with an ankle injury as well. I believe so. He will be. Um, we'll see what his status is for next week. Right now, it's a kind of the Melvin Gordon show for the Broncos, and uh, he actually just scored a touchdown. So, so that's how that goes. So, um, that is it for the news and notes. We are going to hop now into uh, our waiver wire section of the show. So, take a quick sip of coffee. Um, and so here's here's how we run our waiver wire um, segments. Uh, it has to be someone that is owned in less than 50% of leagues. Um, 
I mean, we could do 60 that would help to include like 10 team leagues. Uh, but I think just to make things safe, because once you get into you know 12 team leagues, that's where that 50% line really comes in. And most most leagues are 10 to 12 um, are 10 to 12 teams. So uh, so players must be owned in 50 percent or less of leagues. And so we have a um, couple quarterbacks, a lot, uh, a few running backs, a lot of uh, wide receivers and a few tight ends. So why don't we go ahead and we will hop right into this. Let me see. All right, so we are going to start off with the quarterback position. Um, and to start it off, I'm going with, uh, to start off, is Ryan Tannehill. Um, and here's the deal. Tannehill last year, once he took over, had an absolutely phenomenal season. Um, I believe... After he took over in week seven, from week eight through week 16, he was the quarterback either two or three, averaging about 23 to 24 points per game. Um, and so part of that is because of the fact that they have such a great running game with Derrick Henry, obviously. Uh and so that allows him to be uh, to be very efficient in the pass game, basing a lot of it off of um, uh, off of play action and everything. So I think that Ryan Tannehill is a is a solid pickup for this next week, especially if you're streaming quarterbacks. Uh, you know, tonight he's already thrown for over you know 200 yards. He's probably gonna you know by the end of this night he's probably gonna have thrown for over 250. He has already two touchdown passes tonight. Um, at least one is to, um, Johnu Smith. So let me see, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. So he's got one to Johnu Smith and one to Michael Pro. So he likes throwing to the tight ends. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. But, uh, um, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I think that he is going to stay productive, um, because of his efficiency. So as long as he stays protected and, and uh, Derrick Henry is running the ball well, I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a solid producer and could still finish in the top 12 uh, um, as a as a uh, quarterback this year. So uh, number two, my number two quarterback that I've got um, is, is Gardner Minshew. Um, played very, very efficiently in this last game against Indianapolis, 19 of 20 for 173 yards and three TDs. Now that's not, obviously that's not going to be the norm. Um, and I think for, for Minshew, it's going to be very um, dependent upon matchups. And so, you know, in next week he plays at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's defense is playing from what I can tell, what I've seen so far tonight has been playing pretty well against the pass. They're playing against Drew Locke, which I have not been all that impressed with Drew Locke tonight. He's getting better as the game goes on, but I haven't been, you know, the Tennessee defense is playing very, very tough. So I ne wouldn't necessarily want him for next week, but considering the next few weeks, he's got Miami, Cincinnati, Houston, and Detroit. 
Um, that's a nice lineup to be going up against. Then he has a bye week seven, and then he gets the the Chargers and then Houston again. Uh, so he's he's got a nice string of of I would say uh, friendlier matchups coming up after week two. So if that's one of those things where you want to pick up the extra quarterback or you're willing to you're willing to kind of see where he goes to not, uh, next week um, and see what he can do next week and, and not worried too much about losing some points with the quarterback. Um, you know, he could be a solid pickup this week. So he's owned in 26% of leagues. Um, and so, yeah, he's my second quarterback. Moving on to the running back position. Really, I've got five of them. We're going to do this in in um, percentage-owned uh uh, order. So starting off with number one, uh, Adrian Peterson, owning 25% of leagues. Now, the reason that I have Adrian Peterson on here um, is because, or sorry, he's rostering 46% of leagues. Um, Peterson got a lot of work for the, um, for the Detroit Lions in week one, having not hardly even been used or not having not hardly had any time with the team. Um, 14 carries for 93 yards. Was running the ball very, very well. And so he goes up against Green Bay, Arizona the next couple weeks. Um, New Orleans, that's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a tough one there, simply because the uh, uh, the Bucs really had a hard time running against them. The, the New Orleans has a solid defense. So um, I think that it may be it may be a little tough for Peterson. But um, if you're look if you're simply looking for depth and opportunity, I think Peterson is a is a solid pickup there. Um, not he's not my favorite of this group that I'm mentioning. Just just saying that out loud, he is not my favorite. But if you need someone, and you think everyone else is is you know you're not necessarily wanting to spend the massive amount of fab money um, on on guys on some of these other guys that I'm going to be mentioning. Uh, Peterson is is a guy that I think could be um, a solid backup um, type of guy. So uh, the next the other guy uh, rostered in forty five percent of leagues, Alexander Madison, six carries for fifty yards. He also had let me see where it is um, four catches for thirty yards. Really, he he plays solid. Um, does a, a great job. As the backup to Dalvin Cook, if anything happens to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is going to have a huge role in that Minnesota offense. So uh, I definitely, I definitely like Madison. I think he's a solid standalone flex player if you're playing in leagues that are like 14 teams and more. So um, if you're in, if you're in a, a league that size, uh, Madison is definitely a guy to own. If in, if in a 12 team league, he's he's a guy that I think you could use on your bench. As a as a possible uh, bye week fill in. Uh, moving on, next one uh, owning twenty five or sorry rostering twenty five percent of leagues is Malcolm Brown. Now I will admit I talked about this in last night's show. I will admit I was wrong about what um, you know the Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers and who the who the guy is in that offense. Malcolm Brown proved to be the better runner between the tackles. Cam Akers. Uh, obviously, there was some rookie jitters there, so it just wasn't it wasn't uh, great from Cam Akers. But Brown really showed a lot, in my opinion. So um, 
I think that he is definitely uh, with some upcoming um, some upcoming games against Philadelphia. Buffalo in week three, so that one's going to be a tough one. They're a very tough defense to run against. Um, and then uh, the New York Giants, the Washington uh, football team, and then Miami in week eight. He has some solid, uh, uh, easier matchups coming up. So I think if, if anyone, I think he's the guy to own in that backfield. Cam Akers is, is owned a lot all over the place. So Malcolm Brown, I think he is a solid guy to pick up. Um rostered in 27 rostered in 27 percent of leagues uh next is naheem hines he has been rostered now in 21 percent of leagues a lot of people picked him up after this last week he is going to be a huge guy to own in ppr leagues because of the fact that he very much fills that danny woodhead type of role um austin eckler type of role uh, for Philip Rivers, and so I think they're going to continue to use him. He is going to be heavily used. He's again only rostered in twenty-one percent of leagues. He needs he needs to be um, picked up uh, because I think he offers immediate flex appeal um, as a as a passing outlet, um, and we've seen him be that productive in the offense before. With um, what was it a few years ago when Marlon Mack was was out? early in the season due to injury. Naheem Hines was a top 15 running back for a while. So uh, definitely got to watch. I think that he could put up solid numbers this year. Uh, next, uh, last guy I have on my list is Joshua Kelly. And this isn't this isn't an indictment on, on Eckler. I think that if they really get things going with the Chargers, I think that Joshua Kelly provides a solid one-two punch with Austin Eckler. I think if they use Austin Eckler running around the outside and in the pass game and then use Joshua Kelly more carrying between the tackles, I think that is a phenomenal setup and both will be uh, will be usable in fantasy. So uh, Josh, I think Joshua Kelly is a solid pickup as a, as a backup by week fill-in until we see more of what's going on. So, so there's our running backs. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, we're starting it off with Mr. Sammy Watkins, rostered in 49% of leagues. At least when I first wrote this up, he was rostered in 49%. It's probably gone up a little bit. So, you know, still 49%. Nine targets, seven receptions, 82 yards, and one touchdown. Now, this comes with a grain of salt because we remember, you know, how well he did last year, week one, and then he just fell off for the rest of the season. Um, I think something to remember is that in this Kansas City offense – the whoever is going to be the main guy kind of moves around a little bit in terms of matchups. And so I still think that I think that Sammy Watkins is going to have some amazing games. He's going to put up more games like this. It's going to be it's going to be kind of random as to when those actually happen though. So but uh I definitely think that the the nine targets when Tyreek Hill is healthy and everyone else is healthy is extremely encouraging. Uh, next guy I have on here is Mr. Mike Williams. I, I honestly can't believe I'm saying that. Um, let me see if I can figure it out. Pull him up right here. 
and and this is not so much because of how he did. Uh, he ended up what, four receptions for sixty nine yards. It's the targets, nine targets. So because he was so heavily targeted in this offense, um, I I think that he is a guy to pick up as a backup wide receiver for your for your fantasy team if you're needing depth. So again. It's not the it's not the it's not the production, it's the it's the targets that really kind of excites me about what he could possibly do uh, in that offense and and possibly do uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, next on the list is Mr. Alan Lazard. Now, with Lazard, we're, we're I'm going to go with two of them here at the same time. So, uh, Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Both of them had solid games. Uh, Lazard is owned in four is rostered in what forty three percent leagues, while uh, MVS is in eight percent of leagues. And this is all on Yahoo, by the way. Uh, Scantling had six targets to Lazard's four. I think part of that is just because of what they were able to exploit in the offense uh, or in the defense of the Minnesota Vikings. Saying that. The fact that MVS had more targets is encouraging. Um, and again, because he was only rostered in 8% of leagues, I think is a, more of a, a benefit uh, there. So I think it's definitely something that he could he could provide a little more benefit there for you. Maybe not cost you as much in your fab. Um, he was considered to be the main guy behind Devontae Adams last year and then had some issues with some drops. Um, and, and some injuries, and and Lazard ended up at that point being the guy to step up after that. So, uh, because of that, I think that uh, MVS is is a solid pickup as well as Lazard. I think both those guys are going to be guys that uh, could do well down uh, throughout the rest of the season for you, especially in the, in a in a bye week fill in role um, based on matchups. So, next, uh. Robbie Anderson, um, this is, I, I'll be honest, I was not high on Robbie Anderson coming into this year, simply because he's more of the deep threat type of guy that you're, you're just not expecting to have with um, with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's always been known as a, sh- as a short, um, short pass type of guy, Um and so because of that, eight targets to Robbie Anderson, forget this. Yeah, he had a 75-yard touchdown, um, had a two-point conversion. It's the eight targets and six catches that gets me. The fact that he had that many targets when DJ Moore was considered to be the guy, everyone was expecting him to be the guy. And for, I, and I'm, I'm not, again, I've said this over and over again, I'm not as high on DJ Moore going into the season as, as a lot of the fantasy industry. So... Um, I think that Robbie Anderson is, is a surprise and we'll see if this kind of levels out between Anderson and more. But, uh, if you're looking, if you know, if you, if you need, especially in a, I think a standard league, Robbie Anderson's probably over the rest of the season going to provide more value than, uh, than a DJ Moore simply because I think DJ Moore throughout the rest of the season is probably going to get targeted more. So, so yeah, so there's Robbie Anderson moving on next, uh, Paris Campbell, 
rostered in 22% of leagues. Again, this is, I mean, he had a pretty decent game, six receptions, 71 yards, but it's his targets. 11, or sorry, nine targets. He finished with 11 points. Um, I really like the fact that he is being used like this uh, in this offense for the Colts. I think that he provides a, a really good um, uh, yards after the catch type of guy um, for for Philip Rivers. And I think I think he may fill in kind of that slot uh, kind of that slot type of role that that uh, Keenan Allen was uh, or still is in uh, in, in uh, LA with the Chargers. So Paris Campbell. Again, looking at target share, that's what I'm looking at in order when I when I try to look at at waiver wire. So, uh, Paris Campbell is a is a very I think a, a solid pickup, especially in half point PPR PPR. I think he's going to get a lot of those, and with his speed, he's going to be able to um, he's going to be able to make big explosive plays and put up big numbers um, here and there throughout the season. So, all right. Uh, my next, my last two, uh, let's see, let's move on to the next page. There we go. My next two are Scotty Miller. Now you may, you may think that this is a surprise and, and it may be just, oh yeah, you're just going with, with whatever, you know, everyone else says you're just falling in love with the, you know, with one game, six targets. He very, Scotty Miller is the exact same profile as Julian Edelman in New England. Um, you know, I again, I like Chris Godwin as the better receiver who also can run the slot. That being said, I mean, Scotty Miller is the same height, um, the same size, he is that kind of little slot receiver type person. So I think that that is the better. I think that Scotty Miller could provide in full PPR 12 to 14 team or if or larger. Again, he's only rostered in 6% of leagues. 14 team, I think that he provides um, a decent value uh, as, a, as a wide receiver in full PPR leagues. So... So Scotty Miller, again, I think that he's going to get a lot more targets like this, a lot more games like this where he's getting five, six, seven targets. Again, target share is important, especially in PPR leagues. Um, the last one that I have on here, um, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say that I am extremely surprised that this has been the case. I am still watching the uh, the Tennessee um, Titans and the Denver Broncos. And I am honestly amazed. Corey Davis has 10 targets, 7 receptions, and 101 yards. It's about time this guy finally put it together. He's only rostered in 4% of leagues. Now, you may, you know, you may be saying, well, this is just a one-time thing. That could be. Absolutely could be. However, the fact that he's getting targeted 10 times, targeted more than A.J. Brown... Um, I mean, that is huge. I mean, he's, he's got a quarter of the pass attempts have gone his way. So I definitely think that Corey Davis is, is a guy to pick up 
I think that he could provide again provide value down the stretch for you um, if you're really if you're really needing some help. So, all right. Last but not least, we're going to the tight ends. Now, the tight ends I tend to extend this out just a little bit in terms of um, in terms of the cutoff for percentage uh, rostered. I'm bumping this up to 55%, and the main reason is because Dallas Goddard is owned in, or is rostered, well, rostered in 56% of leagues. Uh, if you lost Blake Jarwin, if you lost, uh, you know, if you're dealing with um, the possibility of uh, George Kittle not playing this week, pick up Dallas Goddard. He had more targets than Zach Ertz. Um, and you know, provided a touchdown. Uh, let's see what did what did he finish with? Uh, nine targets, eight receptions, one hundred and one yards. Wentz likes throwing to his tight ends, and with a lot of the question marks around the wide receivers in Philadelphia, I think that the, I, Goddard needs to be owned. So, um, if he is available in your league, pick him up. Um, I'm trying to get him in one of my leagues. So. Uh, I'm extending it out a little bit. Jonu Smith, uh, six targets tonight, uh, four receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Again, um, like I said, Ryan Tannehill likes throwing to his tight ends. He likes throwing to a lot of people right now. 40, 40 attempts is more than I was expecting, but Denver's doing a good job of shutting down the run game. They're playing from behind because Goskowski has missed you know three field goals and a and an extra point. So, um, so yes, yeah, so there's that. Uh, Next is Mr. Greg Olson. Now, call me a Seattle homer. Part of this is because the tight ends in Seattle always seem to have some value. It's just they do. Um, they're always used in the uh, in the pass game. So uh, Olson is rostered in twenty six percent of leagues. I think he's going to continually provide tight end to kind of that. Five, five to ten point range. If you can get five to ten points out of your tight end every week when you don't have one of the big guys, I think I think that that is a that is a solid production number from your tight end. So, Greg Olson has worked a lot with uh, with Wilson over this uh, over this um, off season, and so I like it as long as he stays healthy. I think he's going to be a solid producer uh, for your fantasy teams. Uh, last but not least is a guy that I didn't think I would actually say, but Mr. Uh, Jimmy Graham only had three catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. However, Mitch Trubisky targeted him seven times. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get that many targets all the time, but the fact that he's targeted seven times by Mitch Trubisky means that Mitch Trubisky is going to like throwing to him. So let's... I. If you're desperate for a tight end, Jimmy Graham. I like some of the other options better, the ones I mentioned before. But Jimmy Graham, rostered in 5% of leagues, he is available due to target share. I think that he could be a solid tight end two. So, again, that 5 to 10 points a week range, uh, you know, for, you know, possibly for the rest of the season. So... All right, that is it for me in terms of the waiver wire pickups. 
tomorrow, I think I'm going to go over some uh, DFS values for you guys and just some, some names to look at for uh, the rest of the week. I hope you guys have enjoyed this show. I hope you guys uh, are able to get the waiver wire guys you're wanting. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow, like I said. I hope you guys all have a nice night, and we will talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.